What if I told you that you were about to listen to another wrestling podcast? Are you ready? This is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we take you through the ins and outs and everything you need to know in the world of professional wrestling. From NXT to Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, All Elite Wrestling, all the way to the main events of the WWE. Our thoughts, our perspective, and our predictions on the biggest topics and breaking news in the world of wrestling. If it's happening, we're talking about it. This is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Here are your hosts, Sean McChesney and CJ Palmasano. All right, let's get to it. It's been a while. Long while. Long while. Episode number 27. 27. We had AEW's Double or Nothing this past weekend, and it's by far, leaps and bounds, better than anything WWE's main roster product has put out in a very, very long time. That's our podcast. We'll see you next week. No. See you next week. <laughs> uh, this is episode 27 of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Sean McChesney. CJ Palmasano. We're your hosts. A lot to get to today, CJ. We've had a couple of weeks off. You went on vacation. Schedules didn't really pan out, but we're back tonight. Uh, big podcast. We decided we were all just going to put it right into one instead. The theme of this podcast is Farmer's Tan. I got a lot of Farmer's Tan. Farmer's Tan. <laughs> the hell out of here. Anyway, so we decided we're not going to go with the two podcasts this week. We feel we can get it done in one, uh, so that's what we're going to try to do. Uh, we are going to touch on some of the bad going on in WWE. We're going to talk about another wrestling But promotion. mostly all the good that's going on in All Elite Wrestling. Exactly. So I'm, we're not even going to you know preview anymore. We're just going to get it started. CJ, first thing I'm going to ask you. Not bad for a t-shirt company, huh? Not bad at all. Oh, my God. This show was absolutely fantastic. It for sure lived up to the hype. Um, you know, one match I was looking forward to in particular was uh, Hangman Page versus Pac. I think we should get a little bit into that first before we really dive into well, the before Well, we, before we get into Double or Nothing in itself, I want to say something real quick. I'll give you the chance to comment. And... I remember you and I were together New Year's Day mm-hmm. at Alex's house yes. when we got the news. He that, don't listen to this. He's right. not a wrestling when, fan. When we got the news that All Elite Wrestling was going to happen, yeah. uh, the rally was a week later. We were going to figure out more details about their first show. January, I think 7th it was, they announced Double or Nothing in mm-hmm. Las Vegas on May 25th. And I remember we did a podcast right after saying, this is legit. This is the real deal. And really the main points that we hit on that because of that was the talent they had already signed from the Young Bucks to Cody to Hang page to most likely at the time Kenny Omega which wasn't official to Chris Jericho being the bombshell uh, to the rumors of a lot of other wrestlers coming in you know like John Moxley who we'll get into in a second things of that nature but the main reason we knew how successful this would be and one of the main reasons I should say not the big reason but a big part of it the Khan family more money than Vince has. They're able to do bigger things. They're able to get better production deals. They got the massive TV deal on TNT. They signed Jim F. and Ross to do play-by-play. So in January, we knew this was going to be a home run. To anybody listening out there, which is seven people, <laughs> uh, 
To anybody who had any doubt that AEW would flop in show one, to anybody that had any doubt that AEW would be successful, if it's not gone now, it's clear you did not watch the show or you have not been paying attention over the last five months. CJ, John Moxley said it best. It's time for war. And we're not saying that right here, right now. We know we've got a couple of years before that's even a conversation. Right now, it's just an alternative, and mm -hmm. it's a great alternative. But I'm sorry. I'm not going to sit here and say that we are not in for our generation of the Monday Night Wars in a couple of years if this thing takes off. What a phenomenal show Saturday night was. And it's leading into Fighter Fest. It's going to lead into All Out in Chicago, where they're likely going to do the, uh, the Hangman Page Jericho main event, and then to the team. TNT deal in October. CJ, I am all in on AEW. What a show Saturday night. Pun intended, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, you kind of took the words out of my mouth there. I was excited for Hangman Page and, and Pac, but apparently there are reasons that either Dragon Gate or Pac doesn't, they don't want him to lose because they want him to look really strong. Because apparently now he's at a fighter fest and Lucha Bros got to find a new tag partner. Side note of that. But overall, double or nothing, I've been excited for this show ever since it was announced. And, you know, what, it was again like little steps one they announced it's going to be the MGM uh, Grand Marina I'm like oh wow that, that holds a lot of people which and actually then, we then, found out during the uh, the Cody and Young Bucks StarCast interview that it was supposed to be the T-Mobile Arena they scratched it last minute because mm -hmm. of uh, conflictions with the arena that I actually didn't watch the that interview. you have to watch it it was very I good. only saw the part where they just completely ripped on the 24-7 title right I actually got an opportunity to watch the whole thing I saw it on YouTube but yeah they, cool. they brought up that it was supposed to be the T-Mobile Arena which holds more than 13,000 you're looking at 16-17 okay um but they had to scratch that last minute due to conflictions with the arena, and then they got the MGM Grand last minute. Still, but still, still, MGM Grand Arena is a big deal. It's, it's a, a big deal. It held thirteen thousand people. You got the wrestling experience. Everybody had great seats. The you sure, it wasn't thirteen thousand. It was twenty thousand. Well, and, pro wrestling and then, and then around forty thousand. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this show from start to finish was fantastic. One of my favorite moments in this show, in the like the the buy-in, is in the Battle Royal. Uh, MJF, I can't remember that guy who doesn't have the legs. Uh, I can't remember his name, but but to be honest, there are a lot of My guys. My cousin buried him. I'll tell you that there, when there we get are, off there. Are guys, there are a lot of guys who we, I, I was unfamiliar with, one of them being him. I remember seeing him in like the Nightmare Family YouTube <laughs> channel. He just goes after him, stomping him, punching him, and just screams in his face, Sorry about that, Lieutenant Dan. Oh, man. <laughs> I was cracking up. I'm like MJF is fantastic. And MJF's get, a phenomenal heel. Get into him later with the uh, title reveal with Bret Hart. Right. Um, Which is another surprise to double or nothing. But we'll get into all that. I later. mean, having I think with the whole thing with Hangman and Bach, I think uh, having Hangman Page win the Battle Royal, that was a good uh, alternative. That was a good alternative, good idea. Well, I honestly had the prediction months ago that Hangman Page and Pac was the second number one contenders match, and I still do believe that. I think that really was the case. I, think, I really I think believe originally they wanted to have the winners of Pac and Hangman and the winners of Jericho and Omega. Like, battle for like, the title. Like we, like we talked about, battle for the title. But. And I still believe that was the case because, you know, obviously Cody and Dustin was a big deal and the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros was a big deal, but Cody Dustin wasn't a number one contenders match. That had another story in itself. Yeah. Hangman and Pac felt like, all right, the winner of this match has to challenge for the world title. And with Hangman winning the Battle Royal, I now believe that that was originally the plan. I believe that too. The Meltzer reports that apparently Pac was supposed to win and was supposed to set up a match with Kenny Omega for the title. But honestly... From a match perspective, I like Pac versus Omega better, but from a 
marketing standpoint from a mainstream gotta audience, have Jericho you got to have Jericho in there. And two, you're building a guy like Hangman Page. Yep. Who's th- likely to go over? Probably Jericho, honestly. You think Jericho wins? Honestly, because if I'm saying this, I think Jericho because what better way to draw people to your new company than a mainstream star like Chris Jericho. Give me a month or two, or actually more like five, ten minutes. I'll probably agree with you on that. I mean, it makes like sense. Like you do with everything. Right. I mean, it makes <laughs> sense for Jericho to be the first champion. I just figured you'd have Hangman want to have that big win No, first. I would love for Hangman Page to be the first AEW world champion, but I just feel like I lean a little more towards Jericho probably winning From the title. From a marketing standpoint, going into the TV deal, I would agree on that, yes. I would, I would think that they'd probably want to put the title on Jericho okay, that's for, fair. first. And, I, and, and again, have Hangman that's, chase the title. That would likely take place in Chicago. I think, you know, Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fall are going to be big pay-per-views, but All Out seems like the next big one coming where yeah. you would want to do that. And Moxley Omega likely going to happen at that one, too. For sure. And, and we'll get to that, too. Go, going through the card, I mean, I was having troubles watching the pay-per-view because... I didn't buy it. Sorry. Uh, the Where I was over the weekend, not necessarily people wanted to watch I caught wrestling. it on YouTube right before Turner Sports took it down. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not too many people wanted to watch wrestling, so I was watching on a streaming site from my phone, and it kept like f- like freezing and stalling. And I'm just like... So I watched whatever I could see. I saw the whole... I eventually got to see the rest and whatever I missed, which, w- missed, which wasn't much. Um, a great... The match of the night up until later on, uh, best friends and versus Angelico and Jack Evans. Yeah, man, Jack Evans and Angelico are so good. They they are so good. I they, mean, I was just gonna say before you continued, like the last three matches alone oh, made fantastic. the pay per view. Now add the rest of everything in. But did you see how much tag team action was in this in oh, this yeah. pay per view? They're making it a predominant. You had part it in the beginning, of the, the pa- middle, the and the end. And if you didn't know who any of these women from Japan were, I mean, I was familiar with Aja Kong, mm-hmm. but nobody else. Yeah. I can't remember the girl who dressed up like Freddie Mercury, but that was awesome. You you were more... Uh, she, people were more invested with the women with the triple threat, which be, became a fatal four-way, but again... With if you Awesome Kong. Awesome Kong comes out of nowhere. I mean, say what you want about Awesome Kong, like she, it was a legit surprise. Yeah. It was pretty. Got the, I, she got over with the crowd. I guess she's part with the company. Also, in the battle royal, you had Sean Spears, FKA Ty Dillinger. Interestingly enough, with him, he is not officially signed with the company yet. There are a lot in the battle royal that weren't. Oh yeah, they're just given you know, given a like Tommy a, Dreamer was there too. Billy Gunn. I mean, Billy he, Gun, he, well, Billy he, Gunn is a coach there. So but you got but you had that guy Sunny Days, you know, from the night from independent wrestler. You had um, you had that kid with the no legs. Yeah. Um, uh, Luchasaurus, who is now signed with the company, Jungle Boy's like uh, uh, Diesel, if you will. I don't yeah. know. Um, g- going through the women's, the women's uh, six women tag match was great. SCU versus Stronghearts was A great opening. Awesome, match. that was incredible. Like nothing, no move felt wasted. There wasn't any like the peel works over the on one baby face, and then you get some. Some like big spots here and there. Every move felt important. Another thing I I've noticed that they said in the beginning of the, of the show is that there is a ten count rule for tag team matches rather than five, which hmm. I don't I don't mind that. It actually makes things um makes things better because if you see how like the young bucks wrestle in their matches, they essentially are in there and the ref is you know they're not counting. 
So it gives, for kayfabe reasons, it gives an excuse for the tag team partner to stay in there longer. Well, speaking of the counts, I noticed that it, with just about every match, you had a 30 to 60 minute time limit. What were your thoughts on that? It's kind of a New Japan thing. Okay. I didn't mind that. I'm going to mind that when it actually matters. Like, if, like, for example, like an Omega and Moxley, if that's a 60 minute time limit thing and they go to a draw and all out, then I'm going to be like, okay, come on now. Okada and Omega did that. Yeah. That's what I'm afraid of, but that one of these important matches is going to go into the time limit. But who's who's to say that that won't continue the feud and that won't want to make you want to see I the guess, match more? I guess. I just, I've personally never been a fan of the time limit. That's all. Okay. But, um, but I, and I will say this, and, and Bully Ray said this on Busted Open a few days ago, and he's right. This show felt like a buffet. And for people who don't know what that means, it means we got everything in the show. We got action. We got high flying. We got drama. We got surprises. Everything, and, and Bully Ray said this in, in Busted Open, it felt like the 2005 version of One Night Stand. Yeah. It had everything that you could have asked for as a wrestling fan in the card. And, you know, just even going on Cody and Dustin, it wasn't a great wrestling match from a technical standpoint. That was the just, storytelling that was, was just off the an charts. Amazing story. From a exactly. storytelling standpoint, that was the best match of the night. Absolutely. Storytelling standpoint. Right. Which I don't understand, and I'm going to call him out for it. Joe, I don't get why you thought that was just okay. Maybe it's because you you weren't watching the promo. You did see the promos. You're just weird. I love you, pal. Because he probably was looking at the technical and not the story. Because when he's, those he's actually more more keen on story. When those two hit, but he's the never ring. cared about Cody Rhodes, honestly. Well, here's the thing: when those two hit the ring. And you heard the dusty chants. And you could see Cody trying to wipe away tears and Dustin pointing his finger in the air. They could have had the most terrible wrestling match at that point. Cody was trying to be a heel in this match. He yeah. was trying Brandy to. Brandy was getting involved. She gets thrown out, this and that. But like I'm saying, at that very moment, no matter what happened in that match, the fans were on their feet and hooks start to finish. There is one thing that I don't really want AEW to do. And I think, like the whole spot where Cody takes a sledgehammer and you know, destroys the throne. That's clearly a Triple H throne. Yeah. I wasn't a fan either. I wasn't really crazy about that. I mean, if that's a one-time thing, sure. I, I don't let's mind. Not re- let, Let, I, let's not... The first show, fine. Let's not continue this. Yes. Because it's going to get stale. It, I, it's I already th- stale. I don't think that's their, their No, and, and, you, and you know what I really liked about uh, All Elite Wrestling? And this is a, a lot of Tony Khan. He mentioned this in the interview on Busted Open yesterday. He's the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He loves media. So now he's going to open up media. He's going to do a lot of what New Japan does backstage after shows. Uh, and Cody said it during that interview. He goes, it wasn't really a jab at Triple H, but I understand I burned the bridge tonight. I can never go back I love those vi- those videos. I yeah. saw a little bit with Cody. I watched the one with Jericho. I watched uh, one from Inside the Roads with the Young Bucks. That was I, I like that a lot with New Japan, what they do with the post-match interviews. Yep. I love those, and I'm glad that they are incorporating that, trying to make it feel more like a real thing. Yeah. Taking that page out of New Japan. Because it is. It, it, there's, I mean, I, I get it. Everyone's like, pro wrestling's fake. No, it's, pre, it's predetermined. It's not fake. Scripted. You know, it's scripted. That, that and don't get me wrong. When it comes to Dustin and Cody talking about their match, that was real. That was all real. I, I think, I mean, with Dustin doing a hell of a blade job, and with half his face already painted red, like just so you couldn't tell. You couldn't really tell, but there, were, but you could the amount of. But he was still bleeding a lot. Blood got everywhere in the ring. Cody, All over Cody. Cody got covered in blood. It was awesome. Like, which match was it? Cody oh, even mentioned the reason. Oh yeah, Cody and Dustin. That was the that was the one where they got the turnbuckle off and they threw and Dustin threw it into the crowd. Yes. Right. Oh, that fan. They better not sell that. They better not sell that. <laughs> That's. 
that's I mean, sure that's worth a lot of money, but that is a memory to keep. Yeah. Cause that's what I would have done. But like when I think about the show in general, like I said about the whole buffet, you had the drama and the storytelling with Cody and Dustin. The best technical match of the night I had to say was the Young Bunch and the Lucha Bros. That they brought that a match later. Kenny and Chris, it's hard to top the first one. It's always it hard is. to top the first match. It was decent. Of I really want to just really dissect this Young Bucks match. Okay. And new Lucha Bros. We'll get to Kenny and Chris in a second. I. This was by far my favorite match the entire night, and it was the one match I was looking forward to the most. Of course, from an in-ring standpoint, you and I didn't expect them to go over though. We we both picked the Lucha Brothers. Oh, in this I, match. I thought Lucha Brothers would win it because you know to keep a good uh, relationship with AAA, you know. But, well, but, they're probably but get, still doing that because but, they still have the partnership. Yeah, but I of course, I mean, it's not like if the Bucks win, you know, they're all never going back. Over, <laughs> right? But I think that um, this does. Uh, continue the feud. Mm-hmm. The Bucks can always drop the AAA tag titles back for a while. And here's the thing: the Young Bucks holding the AAA tag team titles is a big deal because for those who are not familiar with AAA, but are familiar with the Young Bucks, and who may have not been too familiar with Pentagon and and Ray Phoenix, they're like, you know, these these young these uh, Lucha Bros, they're really good. They're really really good. As a tag team, maybe and she's thinking you might not be familiar with them as a tag team because they haven't been tagging together that long. They are real brothers. Young Bucks been tagging a lot longer. But I was going to say they were. You, you could go back to a couple of years ago. Um, Pentagon Junior was the Impact World Champion. Mm-hmm. So you're right. You can go back a couple of years ago. They weren't tag team partners. I was always familiar with Ray, <laughs> uh, with Phoenix and Pentagon. Uh, I I knew they were in Lucha Underground. I was familiar with them in Impact. Um, I didn't get to see too much of their stuff until All In. Mm-hmm. Really, that's the first time I was really exposed to Pentagon and Ray Phoenix. But after that, I'm like, I'm hooked. I love these guys. These guys are, are incredible. So keeping the the titles on the box, you know, you can still continue the feud. Uh, I heard that they are that they are currently injured. Not nothing too serious. They're just a little banged up. For the Bucks? Uh, no, Lucha, uh, Brothers. Lucha Brothers, which I don't understand how any of these guys came out of that match not with a serious injury. Of course. I mean, Pentagon hit a Canadian Destroyer on mat. Outside of the ring apron, yeah, and then what did what did Phoenix do? He did something to Nick's arm. He, he did something. I almost said super crazy, but I don't want to. It was one of those like think arm drags where you kind of just bring the arm. I can't really explain it, but he it took, literally he took he looked he like he ripped arm, his shoulder out of his socket. He took the arm. He did like a flip arm drag and like almost ripped his arm out of his socket. The like, one and you saw Nick struggling, to, to, and that's towards the end of the match. He had one arm, and they were and Excalibur was saying how they were doing callbacks to their old opponents, like. Uh, Matt hitting that, that like uh, almost like that brainbuster mm-hmm. DDT almost on the on on the Lucha Bros side of the ring on Phoenix's head and the on the turnbuckle, and then you had uh, the the box is doing uh, Motor City Machine Guns yeah. tag team finisher, which Excalibur <laughs> sold on commentary he immediately got the reference and told everybody this is but, where this comes from. I mean, they were calling back to a lot of their old opponents, and I'm like, that's really cool. Yeah, and because hard- it's, it's the tribute of, you helped us do this yeah, tonight. Yeah, and hardcore fans who have been watching the Young Bucks since like the early days of PWG and another and thing, Honor, And you bring that, and you bring really, that up, you bring that up, CJ, I don't mean to cut you off, but I heard this the other day, and it's a great point. You know, they're, they're paying tribute to some of their old opponents at PWG and Ring of Honor and New Japan, and I've realized that I heard this comment, and it hit home. These guys got popular in... Because of being the elite, social media and all this stuff. And you looked at Ring of Honor in New Japan. 
They weren't on network television. They weren't no. on channels that people were familiar with. No. These guys got popular on their own. Can you imagine the popularity come October when they're on Turner Sports, TNT? They're going to be on prime time, most likely on Tuesday nights. But... They're going to be on prime time. So now these people who are like, well, why are they so popular? They're going to find out in a couple months. I mean, if you didn't, you didn't find out, if you didn't find out a couple months, you, you should have found out on Saturday. Yeah. Just how good these guys, that might have been the best Young Bucks match I've ever seen. Yeah. I've seen a lot of them. They're, they're great. They've always been great. And if there is any shadow of a doubt as to these guys being the best tag team in the world, it should not be a doubt anymore. And another thing, too, I need to give a quick shout-out to the production team on that pay-per-view. Oh, that was fantastic. I didn't think... I, I thought I was watching WWE. That's it how good just, the production it, was. It That's looked good it was. just like it. And, I'm, and I had to keep reminding myself, this is the debut show of All Elite Wrestling. Like, And I'm not trying to disrespect Ring of Honor or New Japan or any of that, but you knew it was them because of their style. You knew it wasn't the big WWE. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell the difference with one AEW. Th- one thing I did like about the it commentary team real. is that they were so far away I from the ring. I really enjoyed that because how many times in WWE have we seen people go to the commentary table, rip it apart, and do a choke slam spot or something? Not even just- that. I mean, and, and from your, that point, you're correct too, but... Imagine being up there being Jim Ross, right? Not necessarily having to look at the TV monitor. You can look around mm-hmm. and understand the feeling in the building. Like, for example, and we'll get to this in a second, too. When John Moxley came through the crowd, obviously they had to look through the TV monitor to see him. But all of a sudden, now you can look up and understand the feeling in the building. And that's when Jim Ross said the roof just came off the MGM Grand Arena. You want to know why he said that? Because he saw it happen. Mm-hmm. It's real. I think moving on to uh, Jericho and Omega. Obviously, it was going to be really hard top there. The first match was better, and everyone knew, unless they did something insane and crazy, it was a simple main event wrestling match. Not saying it was bad, but the first one obviously was better. It was, the way it was progressing, I'm like, this has the potential to be better than the first, but with it ending so quick with Jericho's new finish, the Judas Effect, I mean, obviously it was to set up up Moxley. Moxley coming down and debuting. Yeah. Uh, Which, when you look back at it, that's okay. That's that's perfectly fine. Right. Nothing I wrong. feel if the show had ended with with just the win, I would have been like, that was a little bit of a disappointing main event. I mm-hmm. understand the circumstances. It's the second number one contenders match of the night. I get it. They could have delivered better. With Moxley debuting, I was okay with it. Yeah. I was perfectly fine with it. It wasn't about those two. It was about Moxley. People were going nuts. And the reports, we were talking about this off mic, is that apparently Jim Ross did not know he was going to debut, which I 100% believe because oh, yeah. his reaction felt real. Yep. And prop, props to Jim Ross. I mean, he doesn't lose a step. Yep. And, I mean, when he's invested in something and he really is getting into a match, he puts on some of the best, com- and he has put on the best pro wrestling commentary in history. Cody said it himself in the Nightmare Family uh, YouTube channel, Road to Double or Nothing, and the guy interviewing like, um... So what made you pick Jim Ross? He's Jim to, blanking Ross. He's Jim effing Ross. Yeah. Like, that's, that's why. That's it. There's no need to explain. I love the uh, the reaction that Jim Ross got during the pre-show when they showed him backstage. Place went crazy. Mm-hmm. And another thing that I loved during the pre-show, too, which really set up the whole thing, was when they played the Being the Elite intro and they all came out. Yep. Just hyping up the crowd. You can see Cody's face. The Young Bucks face, but it's specifically Cody, who has been in the lowest of lows with WWE, and finally to be at this stage of his career saying, I helped do this. If anything, it goes to show that 
if you're not happy where you are, leave. Leave. Go make yourself happier. Go, it's not even go, saying go to AEW, but just go be happy. I mean, that's the message in general to to retire any, any, if you want to anybody to anybody in general. I'm not just talking about pro wrestling. If you're not happy where you are. You look at a guy like Cody Rhodes who was in a big company like WWE. He was underutilized. He felt he was could have done more and got he, a max contract to resign and turned it down. And he did more. Look at what he's accomplished since the day he left to all the way be, to now. He went to Ring of Honor. He went to New Japan. He won the Ring of Honor World Championship. Won the NWA he, World Title. Won NWA, he hosted his own show with two of his best friends. Sold it out in under half an hour. Yep. He started a new wrestling company. And their first show sold out in four minutes. I mean, this goes to show you that WWE is no longer the be-all and end-all of pro wrestling. Right, and we're going to get specifically into that conversation shortly as well. But going back to just Cody's face when they came out and they were like, wow, we're finally here. Like, you could see the raw emotion. And on Brandy's face, too, going, we did it. Like, we're here. And, and honestly, the way they were talking, it was almost kind of like, all right, the hard part's over. Mm. Now it's time to get it done. Right, and like I said before, they absolutely delivered on this show. And if this is an indication for what is to come, stay tuned, ladies and gents. Like, this is going to get fun. Now, you have Fighter Fest coming up, one of those pay-per-views. It, basically, the next two pay-per-views is setting up All Out. Yeah. Because you have Fighter Fest in uh, June, or as, Cody, as Kenny Omega likes to say, Fighter Fest. You have Fight <laughs> for the Fall, which is going to benefit, um, which going to benefit gun violence in Florida, which I think is fantastic. Think is, yeah. Um, and Tony Khan said on Busted Open yesterday that pay per view to set up gun violence. You're going to have the Jaguars there. You're going to have the English Premier Team there. He oh, even wow. said it. He goes, "I want all of us to be one big happy family." That's fantastic. I want all of us to support one another. I don't know if he said the English team's going to be there, but he said, "I want the Jaguars there." I but want also, we there. have a huge, huge match that I'm really excited for. That and he said, and he, Real quick, he was like the amphitheaters right adjacent from the football field. We're all going to be there. We're all going to have fun. That's this great. and that. So That's really great. I was very happy to hear that. I mean, one thing we failed to mention, talking about Dustin and Cody, after the match he came over, cut this impassionate promo. And Dustin was ready to retire. Dustin had no clue. People had, if you didn't have a tear in your eye or didn't, you just even felt a little shaken, unless you're my friend Joe. <laughs> I mean, the passion from those two, Cody saying like, at, at Fight for the Fallen, when I signed when I signed my contract, there's only one match I wanted to have at that pay per view, and that's a match against the Young Bucks. Now I don't need a tag, I don't need a tag team partner, I don't need a friend. And he's choking up. He's like, I need my older brother. But that's the thing too. You bring up a good point. The pauses in the promo made the whole thing because he could have rushed through it. It was genuine, and it wouldn't have been as impactful. But he spoke from the heart, and you know that because in Dustin's interview, he said, "I had no idea. I was ready to take the boots off and retire." You know, not officially retired, but the sign when a wrestler takes off the boots, it's over, mm -hmm. right? And Cody came back in the ring, and Dustin's first reaction was, could you at least let me get my boots off first? <laughs> like, Dustin had no clue what was about to happen. And, he, and he, Cody even said it, and Cody confirmed it. He said, that was all real. I had that planned for months. I was going to, you know, hit it in the, in the ring when we were done. Uh, but that hug at the end, none of that was scripted. It was real. The crowd felt it. There was not a dry I mean, eye just, in the house. I am just so excited for that match. The Rhodes Brothers versus, versus the, the Young, Young Bucks. Bucks. Which should main event fight for the fall. And if it I've, doesn't, oh, I'm going to be sure. pissed off. That should. That should for sure main event the show. But right. I think past double Unless or you're going to have the world title match, which I doubt. Mm, I no. think you're going to save that for Chicago. Past double or nothing. Um, 
I mean, theoretically, they could. It, it hasn't been announced yet, but they could. But, but I, I think it, that'd be better. For I all think. Out. I think when they announced all that, I think we realized. And and after Double or Nothing was over, I said Moxley and Jericho or Moxley and Omega, Jericho Page for the world title. That has to happen in Chicago. I think Hangman's probably going to face MJF with the way things are going. Yeah, that's where that segment went. You can have that at Fighter Fest. You can have that at Fight for the Fall. You can have it at both. To be honest with you, and and. You know, Jericho too. Jericho has some things too that you might be able to get him through September. He might have a match with Moxley coming up too, because he hit dirty deeds on Jericho first. He could the Moxley could theoretically have a match with Jericho at Fighter uh, Fight for the Fallen. But well, Fighter Fest is uh, Joe Janela. Yeah, Fight for the Fallen. I meant, but that would feel too much like a WWE match. Yeah, maybe I don't know. But unless they build it right. They could. I mean, being the the recent being the elite was fantastic. Oh, it was phenomenal. Seeing seeing. Uh, uh, Moxley in the back and Joey Janela just coming out smirking kind of laughing smoking a cigarette in his face Moxley takes a cigarette takes a puff flicks it my favorite part I, of that uh, if that being the elite was the all of them backstage during the final segment of the show watching Moxley watching video. and the production and Tony Khan getting involved too you see Cody, Tony Khan you see Billy Gunn you see yep. the Bucks Brandy and the Cody reaction. and Gene Malenko and the funniest and not the funniest part but the most the best part of that was you're right behind the stage. They can hear the crowd going crazy. And you could see, I think it was Nick and Brandy's face. It's just like, oh my God, he got over. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going crazy. Like, this is how we're going to well, end Why wouldn't this. he? Well, what my point was, they were excited. Like, oh my God. Like, we didn't even expect that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Like, that went over a better bigger, than we could have ever A bigger expected. reaction than they expected. Yes, exactly. Um, and Cody even said it best. He goes, I'm going to give Tony Khan credit. It takes years to time a show. He did it on his first try. So Tony Khan was involved in that production. Well, Tony is a wrestling fan. Tony's a wrestling fan. We he spoke to this it. about your dad before we went up, before we were still, he still recording. He understands. He understands. He's a wrestling fan. He's been a wrestling he's fan for young. years. And yeah, he's only like in his early 30s, isn't he? Oh, yeah. He's... <laughs> his well, technically his dad is the owner of the company. Yeah. Tony's the president, the CEO. He gets behind. He he's the one that goes in front of the camera. It's not the father. He's his father. He's is, busy is, with the Jaguars. Is, he is the his finan- father he is bought the, the finan- company. He is the father. Yes, his father started the company. It's Tony that is going to be the owner on camera. Um, and I'm not saying that in a like. In, in a show perspective, like he's gonna get in front of the media and talk, and he's shown that over the last like forty eight to seventy two hours. So we have Moxley's first opponent <coughs> in AEW, right? And it's Joey Janela. Yeah, this should be great. Yeah, I mean Moxley and Janela kind of having similar styles, especially Moxley with his style in the Indies, wrestling all these death matches, and Joey Janela like you think he's gonna die in every single match he has. <laughs> I mean, you saw the 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 spot he the choke slam spot he took. Outside of the ring when he got eliminated from the table, yeah. landing right in his neck. I'm like, Jesus. There's Guy's a, got no fear. There's a documentary out there called Please Don't Die, Joey Janela. Yeah. He's got no I, fear. I've never seen it, but I've heard him on Austin's podcast saying, That's the title. Please Don't Die, Joey Janela. But this should be a good match, uh, but for a, a great breakout, a uh, great match for Joey Janela showcase, showcasing him. Against a big star like John Moxley. Yeah. But, um, we also have uh, Cody versus Darby Allen, mm-hmm. and we have the original Elite, uh, the Bucks and Kenny, which was originally Pac and the Lucha Bros, but now Pac is no longer in AEW, so... At the moment, because the they, mo- they, they, everybody who has what? answered this question said they want him there. Yeah. So Wikipedia, According to Wikipedia, it still says he's there, but on the graphic they released today... He's not there. He's not there. Right, but you. I remember Cody said it, and Tony Khan especially said, he said, we love Pac, we want him there, we're going to try to work things out. If we can't, 
Okay, but we're going to try to get him here. Theoretically, they could. If if Kenny and the Bucks win that match, Pentagon or Phoenix could take the finish. And Pac can still say, I have been on, I have not been defeated. In yeah, I mean, they months. could. But then you come to All Out where he might have a one-on-one match and they want uh, Pac to take the finish. We're back to square one. I don't know. I think it's. I think that conflicts with what Dragon Gate want to do with him. I guess. But I feel if Dra- I feel if he lost the Dragon Gate title, that things would be different. Maybe we gotta wait and see how things go. Exactly. Honestly, you could put. I would put Jericho in that spot. Yeah. Make that the main event: the Elite versus Jericho and the Lucha Bros. Well, Jericho. Oh no, he's promoted for Fight for the Fall, and he's not promoted for Fighter Fest. Um, you could make that match absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um. Maybe you put MJF in that spot just to get somebody in there. I know we talked about Hangman versus MJF over the next couple events, um, but at this point you got to get somebody in there because that will likely main event that show. Yeah, is that six man tag match? Of course. Um, so they are in a tricky situation. They have a few weeks to go. I have no doubt that they'll figure it out and get it fixed, especially after what I saw on Saturday night. You know, mm-hmm. they improvise. Okay, we lost one of our big marquee matches. How are we going to respond? Well, we'll put Paige in the Battle Royal. We'll have him win it. It went over very well. We'll also have Paige go do an indie and do the match with Pac right then and exactly. there. Exactly, and I think that's why they did it. They were like, all right, well, if we're not going to do this, he's going over to England. We'll have a DQ finish because we have to give people this match. And I'm being the elite when he's on his way over there driving the car. He has Michael's secret, Mike's secret stuff. Which and he just throws it out of the car. <sighs> I'm an effing horse. Yes. That was great. And uh, But, man, they really got you on the being the elite leading up to Double or Nothing saying he wasn't going to compete. Even though there was speculation he wasn't oh, going to win that battle royal. He was, well, he was definitely showing up. I just didn't know in what regard he was showing up. It made sense. for him Oh, it absolutely made sense. When he drew the Joker card, I was like, all right, this makes sense. Because, again, going back to January, I thought that Pac Hangman was the first number one contenders match. Yeah. And him winning the Battle Royal makes me believe that even yeah. more. And we, we, we touched on that. I think what we need to touch on is how kind of like the bad of WWE. Yeah. Also kind of mixing in with... With AEW. With AEW and with kind of still sticking with John Moxley. I listened to today, it was released today. Yeah, we'll start with this. The interview of Talk is Jericho with Jericho and John Moxley. Moxley's first interview and completely being honest and open about. Uncensored. Uncensored why he left WWE. Some parts in here might get a little uncensored. I won't go too crazy. And, and honestly, too, and before we even get into it, as soon as Jericho released the information of what this podcast was about, you know what it reminded me of, right? Punk and Cabana. I'm like, very, oh, very similar. I was like, oh my God, this is a must listen. It's very similar. And I didn't get through the whole thing yet. I got through most of it. But if the if the last 15 minutes or what the first hour and a half was, oh my God. Oh, it gets better. It I'm, gets I'm much sure it better. does. Like, I saw tweets all over today on Twitter and Rust. Ross Twiddell from uh, from Cultaholic goes, my God, I just I just something along this line. I, I just finished the John Moxley talk is Jericho episode. Now I don't, now I don't smoke, but after that, my <laughs> God, I need a cig- I need a cigarette after what that what that man went through. Poor man, dude. Good, good to see. Good to see. He's finally seems to finally be happy. And he sounded like it in the podcast yeah. too. He sounded happy. He started off with saying that. He doesn't want anybody to think that he did not appreciate his time in WWE. He grew up there. He was a he was a kid in his early twenties uh, or mid twenties, and he learned a lot. He met his wife there. He made some lifelong friends, and he has memories and matches that he will never ever forget, and is thankful for that. 
Now that, and then he goes, now that's out of the way. Let's spend the next two hours just burying the effing place. <laughs> and he did. And you know what? And, and it's true, though, because it's not like he didn't appreciate his time there and this and that. He was burnt out. He was exhausted. He was tired of fighting with Vince, and he just wanted out. So he, we got a backstage in-depth look and feel of how. Of what happened. Of what happened and how he felt about all this, all the hokey stuff. You know, he's a wacky guy. So we could tell Ambrose must be hating this because we're starting to hate it. We yeah. can't stand what he's doing. Well, you, But real quick, you and I buried the Seth Rollins-Dean Ambrose Intercontinental title oh, match Jesus. and the buildup to it, and it makes sense now because not only oh, did we does. hate it, he hated it, and I'm sure I'm sure, Seth, Rollin, I'm sure Rollins and I'm sure too. Seth could ever publicly talk about it just like uh, John Moxley did. I'm sure he hated it too. I'm sure Rollins have to wait a much longer time to talk I'm sure. about it. I'm sure. He'll talk about it, and Mo- I'm sure he'll Moxley agree. Was, Moxley was saying that, you know, when he came back, they wanted him to do, like, these saying, like, you know, talk about how the people stink, how they smell. Uh, a writer came up to him, and they had this he had this line in there, and they could rewrite. He said, Let, let's rewrite this, because he had a line something about a pooper scooper. Yeah. The pooper scooper, and he's like, uh, Vince, Vince sees that. He's like, my God. That, that, that's so you. This is such good shit. Yeah. That is a quote from Moxley make, Im, imitating Vince McMahon. So they rewrite it. They get it out of there. And I think uh, following week or whatever, they tried to rewrite a promo. There was instructions with the promo that the writer gave to Moxley. And he says, Ambrose needs to follow better instructions and that he cannot rewrite his promos and that he has to read them verbatim. Yeah. Constricting him, because Moxley's a very talented guy when it comes to his promos. He's a very talented guy in general. Um, and he's getting frustrated. He had to t- he had to talk about. He go into Vince's office all the time. There was uh, you know, trying to take a cheap shot at Roman. What he did in the feud, and yeah. he told him that he's like, well, 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 Roman's in the. You, it's not that you didn't just turn on Seth. You turned on Seth and Roman. Roman's in the story. I have to focus right. on that. Which Moxley said, okay, I got Jedi'd. I think I know the old man's the old man's game. And as soon as he said what he was supposed to say by Vince, he was like, I can't believe I just said and that. And he's like, I can't believe I just said that. And then there was second time he tried to do it. He's like, he's no, like, no, I'm, I'm not doing that. It, it put it this way, everyone. For those who didn't listen to the interview, Moxley said, and I quote, "What they wanted for me to say was so bad, somebody was getting fired if I said it." Maybe me. That's how awful... And he wouldn't even say it on the podcast. He said, Jericho, I'll tell you when we're done, but I'm not going to say it on the air. That just goes to show how frustrating this... What this time must have been through with all this. And he said, I'm, you know, working in a company with a man who's allegedly a genius. Allegedly. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he's... Again, Vince McMahon has been the reason for a lot of great moments in wrestling. Of course. But also for a lot of bad ones, too. He won the Monday Night Wars because he had to step up. Of course. He stepped up. He put WCW out of business. That's great, great. That was 18 years ago. It's a different place now, and he doesn't get it. Now. He doesn't get it. Pro wrestling has changed. And we're going to get into that conversation soon, too. But Moxley just kept going on and on. He's like, he w- felt stifled. He felt, you know, he felt like he was, you know, locked up. One of the writers who's a good friend of his texted him what he would be doing after it was not too long after the turn that you're going to be doing a pre, uh, backstage sec, uh, backstage pre-tape promo. You know, you're going to a doctor and you're getting shots. 
And that was the day he almost walked out the door. Yeah, that's the day he's like, I'm, that's it, I'm done with this. But it really amazes me real quick that the heel turn on Seth Rollins was as good as it got for him. That night, and it all went downhill. He was even pissed about how he came back for SummerSlam. He wanted to come back as a heel. He want, Well, he wanted to come back SummerSlam. At the very least, like, oh, you're going to come back to Seth's corner. He's like, and how Seth delivered it. He's like, he's like that sucked. Right. It's like they had to get, like, because he's like, people were, were popping and they were wondering, like, well, what's going on? And and the reaction was good. But it could have been better. I remember that night. The reaction was great. I, I you know, I popped. I was I was freaking out. I'm like, oh, I have back. Yes. Yeah. Like, But he said it could have been better. Like, oh, it could have been way much better. What he wanted to do, coming back at SummerSlam, that would have been so much better. Instead, Especially he, in front of a New York crowd, too, at the Barclays Center. Yeah. And he said, you know, like, you know, I enjoyed the tag matches with Seth, you know. I always love tagging with Seth, but the thing is, like, it's I've done it before. Yeah. He, he wanted, said this is nothing new to he me. He wanted to do something completely new. He wanted to reinvent his character. Yeah. I mean, he looked completely different from when he left. Honestly. He had a beard. His hair was shorter. He was bigger. Toned out. He was big. Like, I, that's one. Th- we'll never understand the mind of Vince McMahon. I don't think anybody Not will. Not today. And we'll get. I don't think ever. Yeah, and we're going to get into that conversation too shortly, but continuing with the John Moxley thing, I mean, yeah, um, just listening to the emotion, and I remember the one part that got me was uh, the night that he had to do the rabies shot or whatever, he said, thankfully that was pre-taped because I couldn't get out of that building fast enough. I got a Southwest flight, I went to a bar at an airport, yes, and I, I just remember saying to myself at an at a airport bar, I will not recover from this. Because this whole thing was, you know, as much crap that they put me through, I was always able to recover from. That was the one I knew I could not recover from. And that was when I knew I was going out the door. He felt physically sick every single Monday when a writer would come. He was feeling stressed out. He didn't, I mean, didn't like the environment. Again, you can relate all this stuff back to CM Punk. Of course, because CM Punk was the first one that told the real story, and now everyone is telling their stories. And I saw something today where they're trying to compare the Punk thing to the... It's not comparable. For what, like... Similarities, but big differences. But the thing is, Punk could have died. Yes. Punk could have died. Dean was completely healthy and safe. He was fed up and frustrated. He got a staph infection, too. Right, but that was... But his was taken care of. His was taken care of, and that, I think, was a complication of the surgery. Yeah. Um, But the frustration parts, yes, they can both relate, but you're right. Punk almost died in the ring and could have died in the ring multiple times. John Moxley was just frustrated and wanted out the door, which that you can compare the two, of course, but Punk was not taken care of. Punk took legal action against the company. Or, or no, the doctor took... Le- well, no, he took legal action to get his uh, royalties back. But you get my you get my point here. John Moxley left on good terms. Those good terms are now thrown out, of course. Because um, apparently Vince is furious that he joined All Elite Wrestling. Because apparently and John com- Moxley lied to him. And the, com- the conversation that he had with Vince was, oh, I had no idea. I didn't know you weren't happy. Why don't you tell me something? Like, like how could you not know that I was not happy? How could you not, how could you not know that I wasn't happy? when I have these shouting matches with you like every week about how I don't like this, this hokey crap. I don't like this. This is not who I, and yep. he says like, Oh, it's so you, it's so you. It's like, so I'm an idiot. Yeah. It's like, it's, like, oh, it's so you <laughs> like it's, it's so great to see him happier. And he told, he told Mark Carano that like they're trying to offer him a new contract in the middle of it, he's like, let's want to, you know, yeah, but we're going to give you those. I, no, before you even say it, no, I'm leaving. I'm done. Yep. When my contract is up, I'm leaving. Funny. And they're trying to bury him on the way out with Nia Jax. 
Which he even they, said he had no problem doing. It was just the way they delivered it. Yeah. As soon as I told him I was leaving, they give me this angle. And then they had McIntyre bury him for the past. They actually bury year. him on his last night on Raw on TV, I should say. Yeah, and then they gave him this great send off after Raw. But, but come on. And then they give the the whole network special with the Shield last time ever. And on top that of was that, all around him. And on top of that, his last night on TV, they bring his wife into it mm-hmm. in a horrible way. Mm-hmm. But but then we'll give him this great send off. And you're pissed which, at him because which, he showed up at the competition which a month they later. They paid him five hundred bucks for right. So which to those, some of you may be like, oh, five hundred bucks not bad. Not for a guy who's working in a company that makes millions to billions of dollars. When his tag team partners are probably making you know a hundred grand a show, probably. And they probably made uh, making three or four million. And a And they year. probably made fifty grand for that live show. And and, and Moxley said five hundred bucks is the minimum an extra gets doing something on Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. The minimum. I don't know. That just, it, it's, it's... It was a slap in the face on the way out the door. It's a slap in the face. And it's, an, it's ass backwards. You really... You, and, we're supposed you really to feel, him? and we're supposed to feel bad for Vince because he's furious that he was blindsided by this? Get the F out of here. That's what everybody saw. He said, like, obviously... Obviously, uh... He's like, All Elite was there, but it, he's like, it wasn't necessarily my first choice. Yeah, he said he, he was leaving regardless. He was leaving regardless. Whether he, like, he didn't know if he was going to wrestle. He's like, want to take time off, but All Elite happened to be there. Before he came back, he talked about how he saw he got to start getting invested in the business again. He was watching old stuff. He was watching new stuff. He was yeah. watching Ring of Honor, New and Japan. And he said he Impact. was envisioning himself everywhere but the WWE. And that's when he knew officially he, missed, he had to go. He missed wrestling, but he did not miss the WWE. Yes. He missed that, and, and you can even see in that being in the that they uh, they released last week. The first segment of that show was him in um, in the stadium mm-hmm. as Jericho was cutting the promo at the end, and you can even see he's trying to be serious, but there's a grin there. He was so happy. It, it, Cody said it best himself. It was a release. He was becoming unleashed, and he was finally being himself again. Yep. Which I think leading into all this. We have to talk about with the bad of what's going on oh my God. right now. I think we really kind of wanted... To, we probably should have done this part first. Get out, get out all the bad and then be happy. I'd like to start with the positives. Okay. So we won't be too long on this. But right. It's all going to go back to the conversation we were just having. Well, I mean, we'll go back and end on a high note too. Yeah. But the god-awful <laughs> things that are going on in WWE right now. I, I think f- I need more than two hands for I this. had a fun little rant about what they were doing with the revival of the Usos uh, however many weeks ago. Let me turn your levels down this time so, so that way you're ready. Okay, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> well, I pressed the button. Did I do something? No, that did nothing. These buttons right here, they don't do anything? No, you're good. Okay, good. Anyway. You may continue. <laughs> so, sorry, we may or may not cut that This out. is live to tape, everybody. <laughs> so, I think the obvious big elephant, big Brock Lesnar-looking elephant in the room is Brock, Brock Lesnar winning the Money in the Bank briefcase. When it initially happened... I was pretty pissed. Yeah. The show Money in the Bank itself was pretty fun. Uh, I enjoyed it overall. I love that. The bit. match itself in the main event was oh, fantastic. The match itself was fantastic. Rest Rollins, in peace, Finn Balor. <laughs> she has been sheen in like two weeks. Well, of Ro- course. <laughs> Ro- Rollins and uh, AJ was fantastic. They want to make sure Finn's ready for Saudi. <laughs> so, I don't know how you could do that when you're driven through a ladder four times in the span of five minutes. One thing I couldn't stand about that match, it had nothing to do with the guys in the match. It had to do with Michael Cole. What's wrong with these guys? It's not like it's the first Money in the Bank ladder it's match. Not like it's the first ladder match you've seen, Michael. <laughs> you've called these for years. You've seen crazy things. You saw Jeff Hardy jump from the top of the ladder 
and did a leg drop on Edge, and that was the first ladder broken spot. He called Shane McMahon jumping off the cell against The Undertaker. That's what I can't stand with these overproduced <laughs> things in WWE. Jim Ross at All Elite Wrestling, a double or nothing. He felt genuine. He felt real. He, because he didn't know about Moxley. The thing with Michael Cole... He's reading from his notes when Shane's just fell in front of him for the love of mankind. That's one thing, another bad thing about WWE. Everything is too overproduced. It is way too overproduced. Granted, what happened with Brock coming in, I will say this. I do like the idea that Brock could come in at any time and cash in. Because that's what wait, the purpose of the briefcase is about. a long time. Plus, Brock is never around. Yeah, it's not the worst thing in the world. It does piss a lot of people off. It did me initially when I read reports saying that the person they're going to put the Money in the Bank briefcase on, they're going to make a huge star. Apparently, that was a last-minute change over the weekend. It was supposed to be Ali. Ali. And I, none of them knew until they went out either that it was going to be Brock. I mean, Ali, he's been great on Twitter lately. He, uh, After uh, Money in the Bank, he goes, hey, look at the bright side, guys. Brock climbing up the ladder is the most wrestling he's done all year. <laughs> and then he Well, a, you noticed he was uncomfortable yeah, on that ladder. And then he had a match with Andrade on SmackDown. He says, and he posts a gif from the match, and he goes, winner gets a full name. Wow. <laughs> he's been great on Twitter. He, he's not been, like, good as Becky or as Big E lately. No, but... Which some of the tweets from leading in, <laughs> there were a lot of support from, a, from WWE wrestlers to AEW. Like, my favorite one is Big E's. Yeah. I wish everyone I'm looking I'm very much looking forward to Redacted. I hope everyone involved with Redacted does a great job. Yeah. He must be a big cultaholic fan. The funniest thing with that is too, and people were saying it, what are they gonna do? Punish the whole company? They're not gonna fire anybody because anybody that they fire is just gonna go over to the competition. Sami Zayn name drops AEW on they, live television. On live television. They edited out of the YouTube video. And on SmackDown, we see two signs, well, at least a few signs, involving AEW. One in particular, which was right smack in the middle of the almost the entire show, was You're Not MJF. Yeah. Another one was Save Us HHH that was also confiscated. I'm like, out of all the ones, I mean, I get the MJF. He's with All Elite Wrestling. Right. But Save Us Triple H? Vince that could mean anything. But the thing is, it's like, it really... But, Everybody knows. Save us Triple H. We all know Triple H runs NXT. Right. We all know he's a he's like the head. He's like, uh, but somebody who's but somebody who's just head. getting into wrestling might not understand the reference. That's my point. It could mean anything. I mean, I don't know with the, their ratings, the way things are going. I don't see who any knows? new fans. Honestly, if any new, new fans. the new fans are going to be watching wrestling, it's going to be all elite. That's the thing. Like, and I can't stand. The, can't wait for them to the run the garden. The twenty four seven title. Oh my I, god. That is just a knockoff hardcore. I don't get how a hardcore title, a title that's meant to look ugly, looks beautiful compared to this piece of crap. <laughs> it's it's terrible. Did you see the uh the the uh the tweet that Waffle House tweeted saying we're missing our 24/7 sign? <laughs> <laughs> no. But, they tweeted it right after. But backstage being called a jobber title. Well, yeah, all the yeah, jobbers are getting the like you give it. First of all, anything you have with r Truth having a championship already diminishes. I mean, the title. even though he's been the best one so far, he's at least made it somewhat entertaining. You've been the best title of a crap title. I get it's it. Still crap. I get it. At least he's been entertaining about it. I don't know. Like, and then you have the first one to grab the title <laughs> is the champion. Titus O'Neil grabs the title. He's the first champion, and then Robert Roode pins him. Yeah. Which honestly, I would have loved if Robert Roode had the title. I, the, but the fact that... Well, he did for about 45 minutes. Yeah, but, but the fact that Robert Roode had that championship 
at all or was involved with that championship at all just makes me go, I don't get what you're doing. I don't get what they're doing. This with is him. also one of the best NXT get, champions. Yeah, one of the best characters NXT ever had. Maybe, maybe the best character. He's up there with Champa and Adam Cole. Champa was definitely the better. And Adam Cole. Right, baby. But, but I don't know what you're doing with him or Cesaro or Ricochet. You've pretty much done the whole 50-50 booking now with, with Cesaro and Ricochet. Yeah. Cesaro has a match over Ricochet. Ricochet has a match uh, win over Cesaro. doesn't make any guy feel important. Yeah. I get some guys have to lose so others can be built up. It's like they don't know what to do. Oh, do we build up Cesaro or do we build up Rickers? It really does. That's the, that's the way it seems for me. That they no. don't, again, they don't know what the f they're doing, and this title is so terrible. I feel bad because twice Mick Foley has been part of two unveilings of the two worst looking titles in the past three or four years now: the Universal title and the Twenty Four Seven. At least the Universal title picked up steam. I mean, we got used to it. We got used to but it. But the Twenty Four Seven title is just so. Well, we got used God to it because par- because full timers have had been the champions. You look at Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins. At least when they had the championship, it meant something. Yeah, it means something. Well, I don't know. I mean, and then, I mean, at then, least Goldberg then, showed up on TV every week. And then the and then the whole well, not every week. Most of the weeks leading up to WrestleMania, he was there. Yeah, he just at the Raw I went to for Mania thirty before thirty three, he wasn't there, but he was there majority of the time leading into me. Yeah, but my thing is, Lesnar like, was the one that was barely there in that yeah. lead up. My thing is, is like, you interrupted me, made me forget what I was going to say. Ah, <laughs> uh, just give me a second. I, I just think I feel bad for McFoley in that sense, and you don't need another title to get over to get people over. You don't. You just. You just don't. Apparently, the belt's going to be in NXT and Two Hundred Five Live too, which. Honestly, I don't want it there. Yeah. I don't want it there. I don't want this title to begin with. I texted you when I saw that. I text I sent you the graphic. I'm like, a new title tomorrow? The the Bucks in their Starcast interview with with Marvez and Cody said it best. They said, We want our titles to mean something. We're only gonna have a few. And Cody said, What the hell? He said, What the F was that? Yeah. Like in WWE, think about it. You got what, fourteen or eleven champions and fourteen people holding titles? You have at least four or five championships on Zrock on both Raw and SmackDown. WWE, Universal, Raw Tag Team, Raw Women's, SmackDown Women's, SmackDown Tag Titles. Uh, You have the WWE Women's Titles. That's seven. If I put any more fingers up, I'm going to drop this microphone. (laughs) But anyway, and then you have the the Cruiserweight Championship. You have the NXT Championship, the NXT Tag Team Championship. The North American Championship. The North American title, the NXT Women's Title, the NXT UK Women's Title, the WWE UK, the the, the WWE United Kingdom title. The the titles don't... And JR said it right on Twitter. These titles don't mean anything anymore. They really don't with the way WWE is. They really, really Like, I get don't. it. Some of the wins are great. Like, Seth beating Brock was great. Kofi finally winning the big one at Mania was great. But doesn't mean anything anymore, honestly. And, and good for Kofi and good for Seth and good for Becky Lynch winning in the main event. But when you have 14 or 11 to 14 championships on the main roster, it gets stale. Now everybody's like, a champion. There's like at least, I named, like close to 15 to 17 titles in WWE's company alone. And there's at least 10 in the main on the main roster, and now with the twenty four seven title, it's got to be like like eleven or twelve. Yeah, I, I'm just I, I don't understand it. I I, I that's really why the pay per views are so damn long. Yeah, another thing, 
AEW said that we will not have five hour to six hour pay per views. Good. That is too long. They're they're double or nothing. I think was three and a half, almost four, maybe. Becky Lynch. Perfect. Was, Becky Lynch was apparently is doing some signing in Texas. Yeah, and it's and, a six hour signing. Yeah, and she and she quotes the tweet and goes, six hour signing or WWE a short pay per view? Yeah. <laughs> like. Pretty much, that's how they feel. Yep. They think giving us more content and more and more means <coughs> it wasn't. It's too much to watch. It's too much, and you know. And you and I said this. We'll give WrestleMania credit. They had us the first four to five hours, but even after that, as good as the show was, we were tired. I know we were tired. Like towards the end of the show, we're just like, man, this is it sucks. And I'll and I'll give most of the matches credit. I mean, some of them couldn't do it, but matches kept us involved. Like the women's main event, we're like, all right, it's history. It? They missed a few spots, but when you go back and watch it, it wasn't so bad it was harmed though by the long wrestlemania absolutely and you know what and you said to me off mic you didn't watch the becky lynch documentary they talk about that how they had a big struggle going out in the main event while they had just seen seven hours of content to try to keep these people invested and while we did it it wasn't easy wasn't easy for them to be in the ring at, at twelve thirty. And Becky said it best. She goes, WrestleMania was April seventh. The main event took place April eighth at twelve thirty in the morning. Think about that for a minute. WrestleMania is now a two day event. Yep. Technically, Technically yes. Yeah. Think about that. No one has brought that up until she said it. We didn't even realize it there that it was the neck it was we, Monday we morning. We were just so tired. We were so tired. We were it was the main so event. Tired. We didn't even realize it was Monday morning. Imagine that. Anyway, I, but yeah, yeah, I mean, all total or nothing was at most three and a half hours. It was perfect. Mm -hmm. It was a perfect show. It was timed perfectly, start to finish, fantastic. But going back to the bad in WWE, yeah, I mean, it, it's getting bad now with these titles. They don't mean anything oh, anymore. And the whole friggin' whatchamacallit, the wild card rule. Oh my god! Now it's not even like different people. It's just the same. It's, peop it's the same people with. With uh, different storylines, it's them just telling you that the brand splits over in October. Pretty much, you, you see Kofi. You've seen we've seen Kofi every single week on Raw. The only thing we haven't seen yet is Seth on SmackDown. That's it. Other than that, I think we've seen everybody jump. Pretty much, even Roman. Roman's on Raw and SmackDown every week. Seth is the only one that hasn't jumped yet. And I think the big thing and is, Brock. And the big thing is they are they're gonna mess up Roman Reigns again. Yep. How? I don't understand how you can royally screw this up. The guy had cancer. He beat it. The story writes itself. He got a pop at WrestleMania. Like, yeah, he got cheered at WrestleMania. He got cheered. And now you're inserting him with a few with Shane McMahon. I never thought I'd cheer him. I did. I think they buried The Miz. I think they have completely Miz is dead. buried The Miz. The Miz is dead. They buried him. And you know what the funniest part was? You and I were not looking forward to that match, but the buildup was off the charts. The Mania match was good. Even post-Mania, we were like, all right, maybe this has something because the way the match at Mania ended, we're like, the story's not over yet. It writes itself continuing. But after the cage match, I think you're right. I think they've completely buried, which I thought was, we, we thought the Miz turning face was a bad idea. It turned out not to be at first. It turned out really great. It and turned now, out very well. And now Miz is the baby baby. And now, he and, lost a lot of steam. And now we're back to your original fear of him turning face. It's, it's lost a lot of steam. Yep. It, he needs to go back to being a heel now. It really has. The only great things going on, I mean, Brian and Rowan holding the tag titles. Um... Brian speaks for the whole I mean, I mean, WWE universe. Really, he's saying how the tag team division is terrible. And he's right. And he's right. He's absolutely right. I mean, and Sami Zayn, to a certain extent, has lost steam. 
he has lost steam too. Well, what, whatever uh, whatever push he had, possibly, I think it's gone now. And, and we talked about Ricochet earlier. I don't get how you make one of, literally, he's one of the most exciting people to watch in the ring. He has helped along with these other guys in the world with high-flying ra- wrestling like like Will Ospreay and Ray Phoenix, along with Ricochet, who has almost reinvented the game of how high-flying, high-action pro wrestling is, and they've grounded him. Yep. I have not... I've been a little annoyed with the whole Aleister Black spooky promos in the back because he keeps doing kind of the same thing over and over I'm again. hoping that's just going to lead to something. But recently, he said, which intrigued me, I'm waiting for someone to actually pick a fight with me or yeah. like, wait for someone to have a real challenge. Right. And if they play this into the... If Aleister Black was the one to attack Big E and we do Black versus Kofi, I'm all for that. Oh, I'm for that a immediately. Heel, I'm, I'm, I would... I'd love, I, I I'd love behind, a heel Aleister Black. I behind a heel Aleister Black. Right. Because there's a lot... Get through Saudi with Dolph. I'm sure they'll put on a great match. And if if that's the case, CJ, I'm all for that as soon as possible. But knowing WWE, we'll get a whole New Day turned on New Day. Big E faked the attack. And we'll get a whole Enzo and Cass situation again. Yep. Except Big E Kofi is interesting in a lot of ways, though. I mean, yes, but... Somebody said I, it on Twitter today, and I don't think they're going to go this. Or I don't think they'll go this route, but it's interesting. Biggie turns on the new day and joins forces with Dolph, and we're back to where it began for him. That I don't mind, but I don't want to see New Day break up. Yeah, I mean, not yet. I mean, because I, thought, I think a great thing of Kofi. The injury could have stalled I think it for another year. Thing of Kofi leading into Mania with. Was the New Day. Was New Day itself. I don't think... I mean, don't get me wrong. His match at Mania with Daniel Bryan, if he was competing for the championship, would have been fantastic by himself. But the involvement of the New Day and them sticking up for Kofi and that gauntlet match that Big E and Xavier Woods had uh, to get Daniel Bryan to wrestle... or to get Kofi Kingston to WrestleMania, that was a must-watch SmackDown. Because I think the, the New Day as a whole with Kofi as champion... It, it, it works. They have, it, it works. But and and their real reaction when Kofi pinned Daniel Bryan and 82,000 people, if MetLife had a roof, it'd be gone now, boom, blew boom. the roof off the place. Xavier Woods immediately in tears. Big E going and get the, the real championship back. But there are things that need to take place now. After what's happened with Double or Nothing, Stephanie, Triple H... Shane, even I don't know, need to have a serious sit down with Vince and be like, he, the reports have said that he doesn't want to listen. There are reports they, too that Stephanie and Triple H are very concerned. They should be. They, they absolutely should be. I agree. Stephanie and Triple H are like, okay, these guys. Listen, this off. is news they, that they they don't a, have to tell us this. In a related story, grass is green, but somebody has to get it through to Vince. <laughs> in a related, they should be concerned. In a related. And a related story, Texas is big. Yeah, because you know what? Triple H, he runs NXT. You see it in himself. It's time for him to take over. NXT is a lot like AEW in a lot of ways. Very different, but very similar. It's the... NXT is the thing that started it. It's the indies with the WWE production. Yep. Now there's a company outside of the WWE similar to NXT, but they're... Actually, I I would say NXT and AEW are very similar in the sense well, that there I'm are saying. no restrictions. Because you, and, and it brings us to the conversation, too. Uh, well, the only difference is Tony Khan has more money. But anyway, yes. um, and the production was fantastic Saturday night. I brought that up earlier in, in the podcast. But, yeah. my God, I didn't know I was watching a non-WWE event. It actually, I had to keep reminding myself, this is their first ever show. 
and you can see, and the lighting too, perfectly. You knew there were 13,000 people well, in that to, building. To me, I felt like I was watching something new. Well, I didn't say I wasn't watching something new. It was no. just, it's something I had never seen before from I a know. new product. It's, I had, like, it is a little strange because we are just used to seeing WWE in these big arenas, but now... I mean, that's not something necessarily you or I were Even All exposed. In never felt that way. I mean, All In felt different, but All In didn't feel the way Double or Nothing felt to me. No, I, there were two different feels to it. But you and I weren't necessarily uh, old enough to really remember the Monday Night Wars. Right, WCW had a good production team. Ted Turner's got billions of dollars. They sold out the Georgia Dome once a month. Um, but I, Cody has said for a long time, he's like... I think we are in the next big wrestling boom. I agree. He said that three years ago when he won, almost three years ago when he won the... The Ring of Honor title. Oh, Ring of Honor title. In an Jer- interview with Jericho. And I'm like, yeah, he's right, but how are we going to get the gr- this great wrestling that we have exposed? Well, in the uh, the fun words of our, our one of our favorite tag teams, DIY, do it yourself. That's what they did. That's what they mean. But <laughs> go- going back to, to WWE and... We always talk about, too, when is it going to finally be Triple H time to take over CEO? Uh, The main rumor I have heard, and I don't know if this is true or not, is Vince will step away, not say step down, but step away when the XFL launches in February. If that's the case, CJ, that's still six months of the WWE getting their ass kicked. We've been beating this like a dead horse. We've talked about this even before it was even a rumor. Yeah. I just don't... I think there's something amazing has to happen for AEW. Or something terrible has to happen to WWE for Vince to realize maybe I should give a little more freedom to these. How guys. much more terrible could it get? Yeah, honestly. I mean, the the morale backstage is at an all time low. I think they've when, hit rock when bottom. When you have people like Kenta getting his release, not wanting to be around, Sean Spears getting his release, everyone I mean, asking for the releases, Luke Harper, Sasha was, Banks going home, Sasha, yeah, and the revival wanting their release. Maria Canellas tweeted the other day. Contracts, contracts are up, up three, three weeks. weeks. Just, Just saying. saying. Yep. So if they let their contract. Oh, wait, real quick. Those two in AEW, how much of an impact would they be? That would be great. Oh, that'd be incredible. Because Mike's, Mike's great, uh, great in the ring. And Maria is a great heel manager. Yep. She's really improved herself when she left the company. and Went to Ring of Honor. Went to Ring of Honor and Japan. And like, she didn't wrestle in Japan, but. I don't, I don't think. She didn't but, wrestle much in Ring of Honor either. No, but she was just a great heel manager. Absolutely. That's the thing. She really, you know what she did? She found herself outside the WWE. So yes. when she came back, she's like, I'm here, bitches. Excuse my language, but still, I'm here. I mean, Maria, to me, looking back when she was first there in WWE, she was like Anna Ferris. Yeah. In any movie Anna Ferris is in. <laughs> like, no discredit to Anna Ferris. I think she's funny, but that's what Maria Canellis is. She was Anna Ferris before Anna exactly. Ferris. Exactly. huge. So that's the thing, because if it's a similar thing with Moxley, they if their con- if their contracts stay the way they are, because they because here's the thing, they're adding time to Luke Harper because he lost because he was injured. They can add time onto Mike. And I Maria's think they're time. adding time to the revival too. I thought I heard uh, that they, somewhere. They did. They are adding more. They time did to add more time because they because they were injured. Yeah. They could do the same thing with Mike and Maria because Maria took time off because she was pregnant, and Mike took time off. Uh, I think. Injury, and then he had personal issues with, uh, you know, uh, he was abusing drugs. Uh, so they could do that. Yeah, that would be really low if they do that. For a if they pregnancy. put more, con- if they put more time on Maria for having a baby, and then add to it, oh, well, we're gonna add more time for Mike because he had to take off to go to rehab. 
Yeah, that's as low as it gets. That's just you just being... That's personal stuff. Yes. I can see that... Luke adding, Harper. I can see the thing with Luke Harper with the injury. That still sucks. It's still the revival as well. I can And I can see the thing with Sasha too. Sasha is a very touchy subject. It could be, you know, people aren't necessarily happy with her because they think she's crying, bitching, and moaning, and, you know, wants to weigh out her contract. But they can, again, she could be in a forever loop. They can freeze her contract. They do it with Pac. They do it with Rey Mysterio. Yep. You know, it's... It's a sucky situation, but it, with Sasha, she did it to herself, basically, is what we're trying to say. Unfortunately, yeah. I, I get you're you're unhappy, but you're doing it to yourself. No, I know. Uh, Luke Harper in the revival, it sucks, but you did get hurt. You lost time. If There's you do hope. it to Mike and Maria, that's as low as it gets. No, it really is, and I really don't think... I have a feeling that Mike and Maria will be fine. Yeah, that's because, what, I don't think Maria would have tweeted that if she if she had any other thoughts of that coming back to haunt her. I feel like if they did know something about that, because Harper's contract expires in November. Yeah. Mike and Maria's up in three weeks. Let them write out their contract. I mean, they can go back to Ring of Honor. They can go to All Elite. I'll, I mean, it's funny. With anybody who's not happy in WWE, it's like, oh, they're going to go All Elite when they're done. Even so Moxley said it. He goes, that wasn't the original plan. My original plan was just to get the hell out of the hard, door. But it's hard not to think that. Yeah. It's really hard not to think that with people who are not happy. Then you see this new company over here where you... It's fresh. It's, it's happy. It's fresh. People seem to be really happy. The owner is the biggest wrestling fan you'll ever meet in your life. You see a former former uh, co-worker of yours just jump ship... Ex depending on who you are, two former co-workers, including Jericho, yeah. go over there. You see Moxley over there just having a great time. Well, the, the longer... Because Jericho released uh, his version of why he joined AEW back in January. And the more podcasts that have come out, the more he's been more open about why he left WWE too and how frustrated he was with the product. Even in the Moxley promo, or even in the Moxley podcast, there were a lot of similarities between him and Jericho. And it's almost kind of like, I don't think Jericho is intentionally trying to bury the WWE, but more stuff is coming out about Jericho now, about how I unhappy think, he was. I mean, it's a thing, also a matter of, Jericho has been wrestling for almost 30 years. He's like, I don't need anybody telling me how to wrestle a match exactly. at this point in my career. I know what I'm doing. Right. And he said, I could have went back to WWE. I would have known what I was doing, and I would have been fine. But the Kenny match in Tokyo changed the game for me. Oh, He's like, I still have a lot to give. Yeah, I'm 48 years old, but I'm the best damn 48-year-old wrestler you're ever going to see in your life. You're the best damn wrestlers in the world. He still. went out and main evented an inaugural show for an inaugural company Tore the house down with Kenny Omega again. Again, first match was better than the second match, but mm. still a good main event match. Jericho keeps going. The Put John Moxley over. Mm. Jericho keeps going the way he's going. I think he will be the greatest of all time. I agree. I think he will surpass guys like Austin and. and do you and, and think Shawn his uh, Do you think his Hall of Fame status with WWE is ruined? He doesn't care if he goes. In the I understand Hall of Fame. he doesn't care, but do you, your opinion. Do I think it's ruined? No. You think it's just delayed now? I think. Well, yeah. Don't get over it. They'll, yeah, they'll get over it. I mean, if they could get, if they could get Sting to come over, if they could get Goldberg to come over. If they can get, um, if they get, if they get Bret Hart to, to come back. Bret, they royally screwed Bret Hart, and his brother died working for the company. If they two years later, like, if they can get someone like Bret Hart to come back to the company, they can get Jericho back. Right. Well, it won't be for at least another three years. No. That he'll come back. But anyway, uh, back to the conversation with what WWE needs to do now. Here's the only bright side for the WWE. And I'll get to why it's not working after I'm done with this part. Is you have high talent. 
You have all the talent in the world, guys like AJ, Best Seth Rollins, the roster's ever seen. Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns is a great main event player, whether you want to believe it or not. Uh, Ricochet, Aleister Black, you look at NXT, Adam Cole, Bebe, Johnny Gargano, all these guys. You Velveteen know, Dream. Velveteen Dream, all this Matt talent. Riddle. Matt Riddle, all this talent. Uh, Brock Lesnar to draw the money, whether as much as you hate it or not, he's there, he's a draw for the company. I get it. Kofi Kingston is the WWE champion. Becky Lynch is the Raw Women's champion. You have all this talent. Charlotte Flair, as much as you want to admit it or not, she is a God-gifted athlete. Finn Balor, Andrade. Finn Balor, Andrade. This is the best the roster has looked in a long time. Why is it failing? The wrong guy's in charge. Until Triple H is finally the CEO of this company and his resume in NXT proves that I'm telling the truth, they're going to get their asses royally handed to them by this company week in and week out starting in October until Triple H takes this company over. You also want to, want to know why. We mentioned earlier with the championship things. Who are the Raw Tag Team Champions, Sean? Uh, Did let's you see. forget? Hawkins and uh, Ryder, but you who cares? To, you had to think, exactly. I had to think. You had to think about that. I had to think about it. Who cares? Also, where the hell are the Viking Raiders experience war <laughs> slash Raiders? Where the hell are they? They haven't been Sean Raw in three weeks. Yeah. They don't know what the hell they're doing. Who's the cruiserweight champion, CJ? The cruiserweight champion is Tony Nese. Yeah, but again, I, I you think, think about, about that too. Think about I think about that too. Hold on, I'm, I'm going to find another one here. Hold on. Uh, Where's Buddy Murphy been? Yeah. Buddy Murphy has not made his debut on SmackDown. Yeah. I think those are the only ones we can think of, but you understand our points here. You understand our points, that the talent is there, and that all of these guys and girls, there are there's great talent. I mean... When I was away in Orlando, I heard that Asuka and Kairi Sane are now called the Kabuki Warriors. You see, I didn't even I know that. I don't know what's worse, the Viking experience or the Kabuki Warriors. You know, I didn't even know that, so... You see Kairi Sane's face. She has her head down, and her, she's looking at her face, and just like, oh, God, that sucks. <laughs> I never should have left stardom to come to this awful company. If I had only known AEW was a thing two years it's, ago. It's like... Man, it's it's evident that now more than ever that Triple H needs to get in charge. <laughs> and you know, and it and it sucks too because there was we mentioned this earlier in the podcast. Eighteen years. If this were eighteen years ago. AEW's got no shot in hell because no. Vince has his back against the wall. He knows what to do. He understood wrestling 18 years ago because wrestling was different 18 well, years does, ago. Wrestling is always constantly yes. evolving. He doesn't understand 2019. Like earlier, guys like Ricochet and Ray Phoenix and, and Will Ospreay have changed the game when it comes to high-flying cruiserweight, junior heavyweight, whatever you want to call it, high-flying action. A lot of guys have have been very innovative. Kota Bushi has been very innovative too. One of the most innovative wrestlers in all of, of the entire world. Right. I mean, granted, you even have guys like like Grand Metalik, who in the Cruiserweight Classic was fantastic. He was unbelievable. Now he's just one of the three job Mexican guys. Right. Lars and you know what? I've been hearing this debate ever since Saturday. It's WWE or All Elite. Pick one for your company. You can't pick both. I'll unless, make it easy for unless you. Unless you're Vince Russo and they're in bed together, bro. Yeah, he also thought putting the belt on David Arquette was a good idea. He thought putting the WC world title on him was a good idea. One thing to say about Vince Russo, he's an idiot and he so desperately wants to try and hang on to the bit of little tiny bit of fame he once had. That's all we're going to give this moron any kind of publicity. He's a stupid idiot. <laughs> stupid idiot. He also likes to take clips from people's podcasts. And if you ever found hours of like 
He says, look at these mocks getting excited about wrestling, bro. Yeah, because we're wrestling fans, you jackass. I'm, I, well, if he ever put our clip in his podcast, I'd be like, wow, we got promoted by Vince Russo. Look at the popularity we're getting now. Yeah, we, we get to hear all of his moron fans like, oh, yeah, these marks. So stupid. You're so yeah. right, Vince. Exactly. Anyway, that, well, we'll continue with that later. Anyway, but I get your point. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, it's time now. If, if you didn't know it at all, you knew it's Saturday night. It's time. Because here's the thing. I was very excited, believe it or not, for Raw and SmackDown this week because this was the first time that they got to respond. I was excited for about six seconds, I might I add. I'm like, they're not going to be able to top any of this. Well, I'm not saying top it, but at least respond in a positive way, saying, okay, Raw and SmackDown was pretty good this week. Once again, I was wrong on that. So... Raw was awful. Again, a tweet that I Smackdown saw the other day. much better. A tweet that I saw the other day was, "It's WWE or AEW. You got to pick a side, bro. I'll make it a very easy for you on this one. I'm, I'm all in, man. All Elite Wrestling, man. It's my new favorite. And they've had one. They've had one show, CJ. They've had one show, and they're gonna kick the WWE's ass until they do something. Cody, the Bucks, and Kenny Omega are gonna super kick the door down. And from what it looks like, they're gonna be the new kings. For wrestling, for a while at least, unless Triple H can do something about it, and he and he will, and that's the one silver lining that WWE has is he's going to take over the company. I don't know when he's going to take over the company, and when that happens, let the war begin. Because right now it's not even close, but with Triple H in charge, this can get very interesting in the wrestling world. And I'm not saying we're going to have WWE versus AEW. I'm not saying we're going to have AEW going on Monday nights. I'm not saying that, but I am saying when Triple H is in charge. Get ready, because you are going to see the absolute best from both of them. Strap in, youngins. It's going to happen. Might not happen for a while, but put it this way. If the XFL launches in February, or it's going to launch in February, but if Vince uh, has to do more of that and puts Triple H in charge, going into WrestleMania 36 could be very fun. But here's the problem with that. That's about six months away. So they're going to get their ass kicked for about six months before we see any sort of improvement. I'm really not willing to stick around and wait that long. Somebody can let me know when it changes because if I've had could, enough. If that's the case, this could just be an AEW exclusive podcast. It, it might have to be. It definitely will be in October for yeah, sure. It won't be like that. No, I mean, we'll, 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 we'll talk everything. Well, it'll be a WWE burial podcast till February. That's for sure. I think it'll be this podcast will be burying WWE for the next six months. I agree. If, if it's not going to improve, it's, it's which just, it probably it's won't. It's been un effing believable like and, and honestly and again I wasn't I'm not saying they were going to top Saturday but I'm like maybe if they get their heads out of their asses and understand that they are a threat maybe you put on some good television because you've done it before you've done it before whether he whether Vince thinks it's a threat or whether he doesn't think it's a threat whatever he thinks he's doing he thinks is working it's not it is not. Clearly, it's not. And the guy that's set to take over does believe AEW is a threat, and that is the best thing going for WWE right now. The I guy that's going to take over knows that they are competition. I think Triple H and Cody Rhodes are two of the most brilliant minds in pro wrestling right now <laughs> because both of them, both of them have a grasp on what fans want in pro wrestling. Triple H knows how to keep that with the fans of with what they want with pro wrestling now, how it's evolving, but also kind of still have the WWE style to it, and that's why NXT is so good. Yeah. Cody and the Bucks and Kenny Omega, they have been a part of this thing and this wave. They're on this high and all in, like, we can we can change the world. We can do this. It's not just a catchphrase on our T-shirt. It's not just that we can change the world. We can change pro wrestling, and we can make an impact and have fans 
be fans again. Have people be happy to be wrestling fans. Not have like, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a wrestling fan. Like, be like, no, I'm a wrestling fan. And I'm damn proud I, of it. I am damn proud of it. I love pro wrestling. I will always still say that, even when it is hard to watch WWE. Yeah. I have been a person. Well, who, here's the good news, CJ. We have an alternative now. Yes. We have an alternative, which is something we haven't had in a long time. Yep. And no disrespect to Ring of Honor and New Japan. They always put out great content, but this feels different. And even Impact, who have improved a lot in the yeah. past few years. And they, and they were the version of Rock Bottom about two years ago. Well, they got Bischoff and Russo involved, and look what happens. Yeah, and, exactly. And Russo touched eyes. But again, I mean, Saturday night felt different. It felt like there's a new sheriff in town. And maybe not new sheriff in town, but... The current sheriff got a knock on the door and then a super kick when they opened it. There's a new kid who moved down the block and he's looking to take over your cold sack. Yes, exactly. Exactly my point. And again, you know, the sheriff gets a knock on the door and a super kick when he opens it. That's what they got Saturday. Mm -hmm. uh, it feels different. And again, from the production, from start to finish for the show, the commentary, the matches, the drama, the ending with Johnny, with John Moxley. Like I said before, folks... Stay tuned. It's a good time to be a wrestling fan. Hopefully, the WWE will get their heads out of their asses soon and make this, you know, make Monday and Tuesday nights the place to be. It'll belong to pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. Monday, Tuesday, and Friday nights will belong to pro wrestling, hopefully soon. But for now, I mean, it's 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 all elite wrestling is, is number one. And they've had one show, and they proved just how much better they are. Absolutely. All right, so that'll do it for this edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. We've crammed three weeks of information in one. I think we did okay. I think we did a pretty okay job. We, yeah. bur we buried the WWE. We are Chris Jericho and John Moxley. <laughs> so we'll be back uh, next week. We'll discuss uh, more news about Fighter Fest. I'm sure we'll get more information this week. We'll hopefully continue. The, hopefully the TV on main roster will improve. Hopefully we, we were doing this the night of uh, NXT being recorded. So hopefully some good stuff is going to come out of NXT, which so far it is. The, the card for NXT for TakeOver 25, you got Colin Gargano, Baszler and Io Shirai, Matt Riddle and Roderick Strong. Right. Uh, Velveteen Dream versus Tyler Breeze. That's probably the one I'd actually most excited for. Gimmick yeah. standpoint, I'm most excited Gimmick for. standpoint, Simon. And up. then you got a four-way ladder match for the NXT tag titles, Undisputed Era, Forgotten Sons, 1 and 2, and... Uh, am I forgetting somebody? <laughs> Forgot, Wait, you forgot, hit three. Forgotten Sons, Era, Street Profits, one and two. Nope, you got it. All four, yeah. So that's going to be... Fatal Five-Way, <laughs> Sean and CJ. That's, that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. It'll be a lot of fun. I can't wait for that pay-per-view. And that's the one thing about the WWE that I just still enjoy watching. Is NXT. Is NXT. And that's, that's why the, when Triple H takes the main roster, it's going to look just like it. So that, that'll be coming up soon. We'll get obviously get our predictions in for that week. That was in lieu of the Saudi show, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that next week. All the, hey. all the crap that's going on there. Um, I just want to plug something really quick for those few of you who live in the uh, you know New Jer New York New Jersey area. Uh, I am going to be doing a show instead of that's right, youngins, you, you people. If you didn't know, who if you uh, I what I my main passion is music. You really are going to use this podcast? For yes, this. I'm going to use my. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad you didn't tell me because I'm, I <laughs> I didn't tell you because you probably would not have been okay with it. No, I would have been all right with it. All right. That's why I didn't hit the stop button yet. Yeah, so <laughs> I am going to be playing on June 21st. It's a Friday. It's Friday night at the West End Lounge, 955 West End Ave at 107th Street uh, in Manhattan. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I knew none of this, ladies and gents. Th there are tickets uh, I got to sell, uh, 15 bucks each. Um... 
June twenty first. Yeah, huh? it, it's a comedy show. Uh, I am one of the three musical guests. Kind of get my foot back in the door and playing music again. And uh, if this podcast gets any traction, I'll be doing that a hell of a lot more. So if you are a friend of mine, friend of Sean's, and you actually listen to this, send me a message, text me, hit me up on on uh, Twitter, CJ underscore twelve fourteen, CJ underscore twelve ninety three. Uh, if you have my number, text me. Um, I'm release that here. No, I'm not going <laughs> to. If you have it, text me. That's what I said. So anyway, um, and then like us on Facebook at Nine Wrestling Podcasts uh, on Twitter at TNAWP, the Nine not another wrestling podcast on Instagram, and um, yeah, we've created a lot of stuff in the past few weeks. So we did. Um, so yeah, we had a few weeks off to kind of digest everything. Obviously, you know, we talked double or nothing. WWE needs to improve, get their heads out of their asses. Has really been the main theme of this podcast. So next week we'll discuss a lot of different things. We'll, I'm, like I said before, Fighter Fest should have more information. Fight yeah. for the Fallen should have more details uh, as well. Uh, hopefully soon we will know officially uh, when Hangman Page Jericho will take place. We assume it'll be all out in Chicago August 31st. That is the assumption uh, because of how big the pay-per-view feels. Hopefully by next week we will have that confirmed because Tony Khan did say it'll be soon that we'll have that information. Last thing I want to say about AEW, that title looks amazing. Oh my God. Beautiful. Reminds me of the UFC title, just a little bigger. Reminds me of the IWGP. It's, 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 it's simple, to the point. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So we'll discuss all that next week. Sean McChesney. CJ Palmasano. See you next time.